What's going on, beautiful people? I'm Ryan Turner, your registered dietitian here to fuel you. And several times a week, I'm coming to you with five-minute impactful shorts and amazing guest experiences, their life stories. Overall, helping you control and overcome binge eating, improve performance, and support your body composition goals. Hey, remember, if it's working for you, your health, your mindset, and your definition of success, no one deserves to tell you different. You do you. Fuel you. All right. So before I ever hit record, I'm always kind of, you know, going back and forth with the person I'm talking to. And I so much look up to this person right now. This is Joe Rodanis. I know Joe uh, from a professional standpoint, personal standpoint, and he's just an amazing human being and someone that I think needs to be shared with the world more. Uh, and so that's why he is here today. Um, but Joe, I want you to introduce yourself, but as I've been doing, and it's so fun to do this, uh, I want you to introduce yourself really before we get into anything through food. And, you know, this just being nutrition focused, I think it's very appropriate. Uh, but if you were to introduce us, these listeners, to you through a meal, you can make this meal, you can bring us to a meal. What would that meal be? <laughs> I love this question. And I think that you know the answer, Ryan, that I'm going to give. <laughs> the answer, the answer is a burrito. <laughs> I actually just finished a, a burrito from El Horno, which is now one of my new favorite places in Manhattan to uh, to get one. I, you know, I'm a simple guy, Ryan. I like to get to the point. I like to get everything kind of knocked out in one, one, you know, one bite. And I think the burrito is probably the perfect food, man. You got your protein, you got your vegetables, you got your carbs. It tastes delicious. It's all wrapped up. You can take it on the go with you. I cannot think of a better food that I identify with and eat pretty much on the on the regular. So <laughs> <laughs> Joe, anyone who knows you probably did know the answer, yeah. but it's always so fun to hear you explain it because you're so passionate about burritos. <laughs> I don't know if you have a burrito shirt yet, something that describes that, but you need it. So you're right. we'll get I it do. for you. Uh, Joe, would, if you, <laughs> would you mention on the go, but would a burrito really like a takeout burrito define you more like a Chipotle burrito? Or is this like a more uh, restaurant style? Is it a street burrito? What, where are we eating this? Are we on the side of the street? Are we in a restaurant? Are we really on the go? Well, we're somewhat on the go, man. Like in, in between meetings or something like that, right? I mean, like, you know, in, in my personal training days, you know the story, right? I would just go to my favorite spot, Nature Works. I think it's Eva's now. Come back into- Oh, did it change? I didn't know it changed, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think it was always owned by Eva's, but they rebranded, you okay. know, during the pandemic. So Eva's. Yeah, yeah. And I would just get that burrito in between sessions. And I always thought it was perfect because if I'm starving, which I usually am, that is exactly what I need to like get me through in the next few hours. And at the moment, it's it's like my go to, you know, when you feel a little malnourished and you're like, I just need something of substance right now. Like I eat so lean, I think most of the time and when you just yeah. need a little a little something with some meat on it, man. Yeah. Just that good go-to burrito and El Horno, I'm telling you, El Horno, because it's a clean burrito. It's not like it's greasy and messy. Like it's still sure. healthy. Yeah. Right? I, hear you. I know it's cooked clean. Yeah. Uh, which is important to me, of course. But yeah. Okay. Perfect. I like it. We're going burritos. And we all knew it. Uh, but we always love hearing you talk about it. So it's definitely <laughs> good. Uh, but something I also love to do because I do this, I guess. Um, and so if someone wanted to find out more about you right now, where could they look uh, just to get some more info? 
Yeah, the biggest place right now is my Instagram, man. I'm getting more active on there and even on social media, but then also through Tonal. Um, so Tonal is is the is the company that I coach for. Uh, it's a lot of virtual coaching, of course, like on, you know, through and on the tonal, but there's tons of information coming out on that website and even through the page about some of my training style and different, even different articles, right. About perspectives of, uh, just smaller things about training, uh, that I kind of share my opinions on. Awesome. So straight to Instagram, find it there. Uh, we know TikTok. I'm sure, you know, that's going to have it too. Uh, yeah. more at some point, but, um, Instagram is where it's at. You are, do you, do you call yourself a personal trainer at this point? I feel like, I feel like that's underserving what I know that you've done. Um, what, what, what do you, what do you refer to yourself as? I really, I honestly just call myself a coach and, and really more specifically a strength coach. Cause I mean, you're right. Personal trainer. I never really, I never really got into this for, for personal training. You know, mm-hmm. I got, I got into this to really think about things from a, a whole, a, a whole lifestyle perspective, man. Cause the gym is one portion of what we do. It's like what it's 45 to 90 minutes a day, right? That's a really small percentage of your day and your week. So it's, it's not the whole picture. Um, and we talk so much more, there's so much more that happens outside of the gym than, than within it. So you know, I always kind of more identify myself as, as just a holistic coach. Amazing. And, you know, I, I actually wanted to ask more about Tonal and we'll get there, but I liked a little bit of a pivot that you mentioned about, I got, I didn't get into this for the personal training aspect of it. And so that kind of brings up this, this first um, little silo that I wanted to go into, which is some, some of your past experiences um, yeah. and talking about what experiences in particular you felt had most influenced you to get to the point that you're at today. Um, because if people check out your bio, you've done a lot of amazing things. Um, and I think, uh, I think on paper, if they hear it from you too, it's something people could be really jealous of. But I'm curious, uh, with all of the things that you've kind of gone through, could you highlight the areas that you feel truly set up you to be where your feet are today? Yeah. Looking back is always kind of interesting to do. Um, cause it wasn't, there, there was some of, of a plan in place at a certain point, but at the same time, a lot of this was just life taking me on a bit of a journey, you know, and just trying to pay attention. The biggest things that I can think of is that, um, that have kind of led me here is that first I worked in healthcare. And so I worked in the pharmaceutical space and worked in hospitals and I got to see firsthand what was happening on the reactive side of somebody is sick and has heart disease or is battling cancer and how we handle it within our healthcare system, which is, you know, through uh, heavily through pharmaceuticals. And when I started to learn more about it and really get into it, I was like, we're not really fixing the problem. We're just really prescribing somebody pills or, you know, medications to kind of hide the issue, but they never address the person's lifestyle. You never talked about how you're eating. That's actually causing this issue. You're not talking about how you're moving or not moving to, to cause the issue. And I saw it even personally, when I was working in corporate America, how I was trying to be healthy. I was going to the gym and trying to work and, and stay fit while at a sales conference or on the road, you know, um, going meeting to meeting. And during these conferences, the food that they would give you 
was terrible, right? So they want you to learn and be studious and soak in all this information and perform at a high level. But the food they were giving you was incredibly high in sugar, a lot of baked goods, cakes for breakfast and lunch and sweets and this stuff. And it wasn't really serving what you wanted your people to produce. And I never understood that. I, I could not understand why that was the case. And it led me down my own personal path. And that was a big staple for me. It's, I would say that's kind of foundational um, because I wanted to become on the fro forefront. I was like, why are we not being proactive? It seems so simple, but why aren't we trying to handle as much as we can at the forefront? There's a ton of things out of our control. We don't know what diseases we're going to get, right? Not all of it's avoidable, but there's a ton that is. And I, I never, I was like, why? Let's get ahead of it. Let's just do as much as we can to take care of our health, right? And then there was my personal journey that led me into fitness modeling, which I never saw coming. And it just kind of happened. And, you know, I got to, I got to be part of some brands like Under Armour early on, which really changed my career. And the best part about that was the exposure to all these different people, right? I got to see people of all walks of life that were really passionate about what they did for a living because you're in a really creative field. So I'd meet really incredible photographers from all over the world. I, I would meet fellow models that maybe were, previous athletes, like in the NFL or professional sports. And it was cool observing them to see how they went about their training. I always love to like observe and see how people do different things. And like, I soaked up a lot of information on that. Um, then the international journey was a big setup to where I'm at right now, because I ended up leaving my 10 year career, as you know, to take like this leap of faith that was in incredibly scary at the time to go to South Africa. And when I was there, that, that felt more of a spiritual journey to me. That was a lot of self-discovery and kind of this moment for me to get into yoga and meditation and some of these healing practices, right? Because the mental side of our training is just as impactful as the physical and being there and seeing how much your thought processes and how you're talking to yourself, or if you're ignoring issues in your life, how that impacts as simple as it sounds, you're training in the gym or lack thereof or motivation or inspiration. Like these things got to be aligned. And so there's that whole other aspect to what health is. And that journey led me to New York City where I was able to go to Tone House, which is obviously where you and I got to meet and started to work together. And we were able to work with a ton of people together. And I was able to absorb a lot of very specific training methods, right? So from the coaches there, very specifically like Alonzo Wilson to see how he programs from a sports performance world. And Tonehouse taught me a lot about mentality, about like having a really tough grit about how you're working, right? Because the workout's very hard. It's very intense. And I love that because you get to teach yourself confidence by doing these difficult things. But you also understand that you have so much more in you than, than you really believe sometimes. Even when you're tired, it's like you have another level. So all that being said, those were like the key pieces, I think to me kind of becoming the coach that I am, really marrying all of these different experiences and perspectives along the way. 
Joe, everything you just explained is so incredibly rich in life experience, and it almost feels uh, illegal to allow <laughs> us to not <laughs> backtrack just a little bit here. And you <laughs> let me know if we're, if we're backtracking too much. No, um, so I love all this, and I actually needed to write down a few thoughts here because, again, I, I I, I love highlighting people that I think can inspire, and I think that you do. And so I do want to go back to one area that I feel like kind of built a lot of your inspiration, and you did, you, you kind of quickly went through it from uh, healthcare. I won't mention where you were working. I don't know. I forget if you did or not. Um, but there's a little bit of a pain point in there. Not only did you see from the business side exactly what was going on, um, you know, with the re with the reactive side of just kind of helping patients, right? And just, I guess, general population, yeah. you saw going to meetings that it would affect you as, you know, a worker there, whether it was you working in healthcare, you could be working anywhere, right? And so we know we go to conferences and like, it's a bunch of cheap food, right? That's why it's there. It's cheap and that's easy to put out. Yeah. Uh, shelf stable, right? They're, you know, they're not going to put out stuff that's going to go bad quickly. And that's why they put that, that crap out really, right? But still, you in that time, it wasn't just conferences that you kind of uh, had some challenges with. It wasn't just um, this view of this reactionary um, mentality coming from just a healthcare system. Mm -hmm. But how about interpersonally with uh, colleagues and with friends? Mm -hmm. What what were you kind of doing? Because you kind of went from this professional world, uh, corporate world, into modeling, professional modeling. Yeah, obviously something was going on to get yourself, your body prepared for all that. And you were working out. Do you feel that you were able to surround yourself at all times that people had the same mentality as you or, you know, what? Yeah. Do you I mean, going with that? Yeah, I know exactly where you're going. And it's a really, it's a really good point because, um, I felt like I was going against the grain at the time and it was, it, it was a struggle. So culturally, right at the time, yeah, you know, and you're in sales. So there's a lot of networking going on, right? It's like you go meet, you go meet a client, maybe you go out to a steak dinner, you have some wine, you're kind of expected to drink, you're socializing, you got happy hours with colleagues. So it was like a big drinking culture. It was a big like, you know, steak and then drinks uh, on the weekends. And that was kind of the culture, even even from a friendship perspective, it was a lot of drinking, right? You would go out on the weekends, you might go to a club or you're going to a lounge, you're going to a rooftop and everything seemed to center around drinking. and um, or going to a bar and having nachos and watching sporting events. Right. And like all that stuff, which is fun. But from a food perspective, I was trying to change what I was doing. I was trying to change like habits and I was learning this stuff early on. So I did not know a lot. So at the time I was pretty rigid and I was very narrow in scope with my knowledge. So I was really trying to follow a pretty strict plan. Uh, to just get this under my belt. So I was like counting calories at the time to understand how this worked, to understand how macros worked, to understand how it affected me. And it was it was really hard because some friends would not understand, uh, would give me a hard time, would be like, dude, you're fit. You can like drink tonight. You can eat tonight. It's cool. And I'm like, I get it, man. But I just have some goals that I'm trying to accomplish right now. Like I'm just trying to get something done, you know? Um, so it felt tough. And even in the sales meetings, going to dinners, I would like order a salad or salmon and you, you would get kind of poked fun of. <laughs> and 
it's, you know, you laugh at it now, but like when you're in the thick of it, dude, that sucks. And it's, and it's hard. So like, that's why I empathize so hard with people mm-hmm. that are going through these changes because you, you might have a spouse, a partner, a significant other, a social group of friends that know you as one way. And when you start to change your habits to a different way, they, they want you to be back to what you used to do. And so you got to have a lot of you, you try to, you almost try to find that new group that gets it. But I remember being on my own doing it for a while until I kind of found, you know, the people that understood that. Right. So, you know, looking back, you kind of got to be okay with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it sounded as if there was this, this, uh, this internal struggle with you. There's something that you really wanted. And I think just, you know, when this initial question kind of came from like, what influenced you, like what experiences influenced you the most? Yeah. Hearing this is that there was this, like this yearning, this deep desire to kind of do more for your body and not let your environment destroy it. It sounded like you didn't really understand it all together at once, but you felt it really hard and really deep. Uh, Well, I just, I just, I just wanted to understand it, man. Yeah. I just knew there was like, you know what I mean? There was like a, there was another way of doing things. Yeah. And I just wanted to learn it. And I'm the kind of guy that just, I just got to throw myself in to the deep end mm-hmm. and immerse myself in this stuff to really learn it. Like I, I can't just read about it. I can't just like hear a podcast about it. I have to like experience it, live it, feel it to get a grip on it. Yeah. I hear you. I'm very much that same way. Sometimes yeah. I have to learn through failure and learn through experience to yeah. actually get it. And I've totally right. accepted it. Um, and it, it, it sounds a little bit like that, um, as well. Um, Okay. So I love, I love hearing that experience that it was something that's like drive that was always in you. It wasn't just like you were, you saw something one day and then just wanted to become it. It was like this, this true evolution really starting kind of deep within you, which is pretty amazing to see. Right. I think that's just like the richness of who you are and what you do right now. And I, that's just what I want people to know. But I also would love for people to also hear because I hear this internal struggle from so many people all the time, yeah. whether it's something that they they really are ready to change, they want to change. It's like, yeah, you know what my job does and does involve us going out all the time. And it's really hard because, you know, I feel like if I don't order that, what they're ordering, I, I'm not going to be able to close that deal. Just like you said, like someone's poking fun at you. It's like those little moments, whether mm-hmm. they're true or not, someone feels that, right? So mm-hmm. it is hard, but it's possible to break out of it. And I think putting your pe- put, putting your self in the environment that you need is definitely important. It sounds like you continue to find that. And you found that next in working with, I guess it was with Under Armour or once you kind of got into modeling because you surrounded yourself with those people. Yeah. Right. It, and you kind of started, got you start to attract it because you start to embody it. Mm-hmm. Right. So then these people start to come kind of more into your life and, you know, you start to recognize similarities within other people that might be on a similar path. Yeah. But you bring up a good point. When I heard you talking about that, I was like, what, what was going in my head was it might seem like when you look at someone that is in great shape now that it's like, Oh, they've just been in great shape. They've always trained really well. It must be easy. They just love this stuff. And I cannot emphasize this enough that it's been a battle every step of the way. Like it is currently still a battle to maintain and to grow. And so when you want to make a change, like, it's not, it's not that some people have, like, you have to fight for it, man. Like you got to know that you want it, lock it down 
And like, I always got romantic with that in a way, like I kind of had a chip in my shoulder with that mentality of people aren't going to understand. I don't need them to, I know what I'm doing and I got to fight for this. And I, you know, if you're, if you're not with me, that's okay. I still got to put my head down and get this done, you know? And that's what it was like, man, when I was in sales, you're fighting alone and you got to be okay with that. Like, it's not easy, right? It's not easy finding these routes, especially when it's brand new and you're like, I want to get healthy and make these changes. Like it is a fight, but it's, but you can, you can do it. And then it will, it gets easier as you build the habits. This gets easier and easier. It becomes like just part of you. Yeah. I hear that, man. And, um, you know, I, I picture you kind of flying off to South Africa. <laughs> I think I've seen some videos too of you in South Africa too. Have you ever watched Mad Men before? Actually, no, man. No, you got to. So <laughs> spoiler, I guess, but if you haven't watched it by now, then like, I don't know, F you, but, right. um, <laughs> uh, there's this moment where Don, Don Draper, he's the main character and he's just like, he, he has this, um, very big personality about him, right? People are just attracted to him. It's something that reminds me um, uh, of you a little bit, but he goes in this spiritual journey towards the end of this, this whole series. And I always picture that being very similar to what you did in kind of South Africa, because you went through this, like this physical kind of um, uh, uh, physical kind of focus, I guess, at some point. And then it sounds like you kind of found and this mentality kind of found you too in South Africa. It yeah. didn't seem like you went to go chase it, but it was waiting for you there almost a little bit. Right. So now the physical has kind of met the mental. And mm -hmm. then finally, you know, once you got to New York, it sounds like, you know, it was all, it was all game, right. That's kind of where tone house came in. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, where, and this is kind of my next question mm -hmm. in terms of like, once you got to New York and you have this physical, type of focus and transformation and you have this mental focus and this mental transformation um and is where where do you feel like that work ethic came from this because i feel like there is part of you that came from your past but this mentality this work ethic that you have that is all about kind of grit that's kind of how you said it before yeah. where did where did that come from a lot of that specifically came from my dad man like he was like he was a hard worker, dude. Like he, he was a construction guy. Like he had his own company and I don't know any, I've never met anyone that works as hard as he did, but with the level of precision that he did, like, it wasn't just about hard work. Like this man, his quality and his craftsmanship was second to none. Like I have so many stories as a kid where he would bring us to job sites to just to learn, to kind of see the trade but also his perspective was, I want you to see what this hard work is like, because I want you to be able to use your mind to not have to do physical work. It's funny that I'm a trainer now. It's hilarious to me, but he wanted you to, he was like, I want you to be smarter than, than just doing what I do. He's like, you can hang shingles. You can do this. And I want you to feel what this hard work is like, but also I want a better future for you at the same time which was really cool to have a dad give you that kind of perspective. And we were, when we were on job sites, our, he would pay us, but every time we get paid, it was based off what he thought our effort was on that day. So if he thought we were slacking off, if we were just move, you know, messing around, taking a too long of a lunch, a tough lesson as a kid, because <laughs> he'd be me and my brother. So like, I like it. I like, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I just, I just, hey, man, it gets it done. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Because like, if I'm if I am slacking off, and I probably was, my, my brother was maybe <laughs> killing it. And he, well, Chris, my brother would get the check, you know, and I he'd be I'd be like, I'd get two bills, Chris would get five, right? And I'm like, man, but there, there are so many stories with him too. It's not just about hard work, man. Like he was so, his attention to detail was insane. So there's similarities to contractors and I think strength coaches in the sense that there's a lot of bad contractors out there and they can hide it because you, it's all behind the walls, man. Like you, you as a general homeowner, do not know what's going on behind the walls. You don't know what's really going on with the electric, with the setup, with the foundation. It only becomes apparent five, 10 years from now, right? Then you have these issues. And so then you got to pay more. And my dad would teach me that. He's like, I know that I could hide this stuff. He's like, we're not going to, we're going to do this stuff right. So his attention to quality was insane. If we were off by a cut by a millimeter, he would make me throw the scrap away and do a new one. He was like, I'm, this is my project. This represents me you're going to represent me now. So this has to be perfect. And he never let go of that. It was with every single thing, every nail, Ryan, ever. I'm not exaggerating. Every nail had to be perfectly flush or else you would pull that thing out, throw that nail away and do it again. And so it's the same thing that that's where this comes from with, with coaching for me that I'm like, I cannot waste a rep. Like if I'm like, if we are here, we are going to do it flawlessly. And if it's not flawless, we will work on the pursuit of it. Like we will get better in some capacity. Otherwise, I don't know what the hell we're doing. I don't know why we're here, right? So I've always had that mentality in me of just like, get better, man, get better, focus on something, have the intent, have the focus. I'm not down to waste time, you know? So it was like, that's where it comes from, man. And it, it's deep. It is deeply ingrained in me, you know, like it'll never go away. It's part of my DNA now. It's amazing, man, to have that person to look up to, right? And that experience Incredible. too. Yeah. Um, Joe, let's let's kind of fast forward a little bit to kind of where you are right now with Tonal, um, this amazing experience that you worked hard to get to um, and you completely deserve. What is your training style? Well, it's, it's anchored. Well, I, per, really, I mix like two modalities. So I love the world of sports performance. Right. I love training for strength and power. So you're talking about speed plyometrics, right? Um, so you, you focus on your main core lifts, which might be your squat bench deadlift. Um, and you have your accessory work kind of within there. And then I love doing athletic conditioning because I do, I have a lot of fun with it. Right. You, you, you know, you're, you're sprinting fast. You're working on drop downs, reaction times, how, how quickly you can jump. I love that style. I personally like to take that and also blend the world of bodybuilding. Um, not a bodybuilder, but I love to just slow down sometimes and just focus on lifting for hypertrophy. To me, it feels it feels like a slowdown, you know, compared to sports performance, which can be a little bit high impact. Going into like the world of bodybuilding, it feels like you're just kind of taking care of your muscles, like you're repairing yourself, you're building yourself up. Um, it's a very different style. It's a different way to lift. You might do similar movements, but how you're moving, how your reps are taking care of your rest time in between is very different. So I'm kind of like on right now I'm focused on bodybuilding. I'm like in this month of hypertrophy, but as I get into my own personal style, which I'm not even saying is in a textbook, but I like doing a week, you know, uh, an AB week. So week a, like a sports performance kind of mentality or, style 
week B alternating like a bodybuilding style. And that's just engaging to me too. Like, I just have a lot of fun with that. What I'm hearing overall is that it's extremely thoughtful, right? It's not, it's not as if you're just kind of jumping into push pull movements. It's as if you're very much focused. I, I let's not get by the fact that a lot of what you do is you, what you enjoy. Um, but you're, more. but you're, you're extremely thoughtful in terms of how you train your body. And I think others too, mm. um, a lot of work goes into that, right? Tons, man. You, yeah. I mean, it comes with time, you know, the, obviously the longer you do things, you start to, you just, you just learn yourself, you learn your body, you learn different styles and you're like, all right, let's work on this this month. Right. You start to get what used to be a wide grasp on things and a wide view on things starts to get more and more and more narrow and more and more specific the longer you do it, right? You're like, let's just pinpoint this this one thing right now, right? Mm-hmm. Joe, how how has uh, how has your your philosophy of training? And I want to ask about nutrition too. How has that evolved uh, since you really entered the space? Uh, you've been doing it for a while now. Yeah. Has there been an evolution and what are maybe two to three points that you feel like have really kind of changed for you? It's been a big, big, big evolution. It's still going on. Um, Cause you, you, it's, you know, it sounds cliche, but you're going to learn something every single day and there's new research coming out all the time. So there's, you are a constant student of this, right? There's no perfect program. There's no one way or right way. Um, there's just what's right for you. What's right now. So you're always absorbing and learning. The evolution was, I think early on, I just didn't know what I was doing. I just knew what I, I did. I just knew I like to run. I like to play sports. So I was just active. Yeah. Right. And what I like to call it is just random chaos, just random. Right. So that's what exercise is. I was exercising back in the day. And this is like in my sales days, um, nothing connected to one or the other. Right. My Monday didn't connect to my Friday, my week to my month. It was just, I'm playing volleyball today. I'm going to go to the gym today. I'm going to go run today. All of that. Right. And it's great it's a starting point. It's just activity, but you're not progressing in a way. You're just kind of moving. Right. Um, I started to get a little bit more into, uh, the textbook. So when I got certified, I'm like, all right, well, let's see if we can break this down and start to program a little bit more structured. But even my, my knowledge then was still pretty basic, right? I'm learning some of these movements. I'm I'm not really fully understanding how they're connected with reps and rest periods, but you're starting to paint a picture, but I was doing a lot of endurance training. I was doing a lot of long runs, um, you know, eight, 10 miles at the time I would go lift, but it was, again, I would go in without a plan. I would just kind of lift and be like, ah, oh, it's chest day, you know? And I would just be like, that go looks for that like pump, you know? Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Triceps are part of your body. So I just would <laughs> do stuff. Then I would say when I went towards Cape town, I was very, I was very focused on staying lean because with modeling, I was already considered too big. So I went into uh, a lot of marathon training, really half marathon training. So very focused on running, um, which leaned me out tremendously. When I started to get into New York, right, Tone House was very sports performance heavy. And so even that style of lifting was still an element to performance. So the way that you would lift and the structure of how you lift is with a purpose to get you better on the field. Right. So I want to sprint faster. I want to jump higher. Like there's intent. There's a reason why you're lifting that way. There's a reason why we have the reps this way. And it all ties to, I need to get this done specifically in my sport. Right. So now you're seeing how I'm training here affects performance here. 
And now you're getting really fine tuned, right? Because you're looking at small things. I'm looking at deficiencies within myself, within clients I'm working at. What are the weaknesses? What do we got to really pinpoint? And at Tonal, we're very, we're very into the science and the research, very into the science-backed programming. So you're looking at the most up-to-date research, which is also incredibly fascinating. And it makes you realize how young this industry is. A lot of these things have been theory, right? With how many reps, how many sets gets us that res this result. It's only now becoming quantified and being like, now we know for sure in these individuals, this is the optimal sets, reps, volumes, everything you can do, which I think is amazing. Now we have like this guideline of like, we know quantified. Um, but the evolution to tie this together to your question for me, dude, I look at this almost like an artist. So like, have you seen, have you seen like chef's table on Netflix? Yeah. There's a new pizza one out right now. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Been watching it. Love it. <laughs> so here's how I kind of tie this together. I think it, the sign of a good coach in China and the natural evolution is you have all your experiences, right? And for a long time, I had just been observing. I'm like, let me be a sponge. I want to learn and ask every, at literally every person I met that I thought was in great shape. I'm like, how do you do it? What do you do? What's your splits? Why do you train that way? How do you eat? What do you, I'm just like taking notes, man. And what you learn is every single, I do not care what sport they're in or what they, every single one does it different. There's not an individual on this planet that trains the same. They do something different. There might be similarities. So I understood that there was principles that certain people follow to get a certain result. So bodybuilders might follow certain principles, right? A football player follows certain principles, but I promise you that every single one individually do something different, which leads me to understand that there's room to play within the structure. So when we have the science and the research saying, we know this, right? There is a human element to this where, all right, I can write down the perfect plan, right? Quote, unquote, the perfect plan. But is it engaging? Like, are you going to like it? Are you going to have fun with that? There's that element too. Like, is it challenging you? Does it keep you interested? Do you think it's fun, right? So can you marry those two? So where I'm getting at now in my career is taking like everything that I've learned from this is engaging, this is just fun, this is like really effective in this way. Here's the science and the literature and now can I take the best of all those worlds and create like my own very personalized way of training, right? And that's that's what I'm getting into now. So I related to Chef's Table because you're kind of like that. You're like, they're recreating pizza making, right? They're like, here's how you make a pizza, right? They're not just making spaghetti and calling it pizza, right? It's like there are principles to make it a pizza, but then every single one of those chefs like do something unique with how they cook it. Maybe they make the dough a little different or they go, uh, they, they want to go right to the source for some of these ingredients to the farms. Right. Um, and I think that I was watching that and that was really like an epiphany for me too, where I'm like, all right, this is really what it's about. Let's take everything that we've learned. Let's take the science, the data. And now let's craft something that's really unique to you which I think is the ultimate, the ultimate mastery for anybody, whether it comes for food, training, your profession is really getting to a personalized approach. Yeah. I, you know, when you mentioned uh, about research and really how, how young things are, I was listening to a great podcast um, 
that Alan Argan was on. If you're familiar with him, he is just like a godfather in the space of just uh, uh, nutrition, specifically, you know, body composition nutrition. Uh, yeah. He's also very deep in the um, in the training space. But he was reminding us that, like, you know, being a trainer or working, you know, how you do right now was not a career or a job in the 80s. It wasn't right. right towards towards the end of the 80s, early 90s. It actually became something that was like respected. People can kind of go into. So it is so young yep. to see. And then people are finally like, you know, there was research out before that, but no one really cared. But now they do. And I know that you've mentioned tonal is so uh, so much um, within all of that. Right. Within the research and I think on the cutting edge of things. Yeah. So um, that's amazing. You know, you you were talking about pizza. Now I want pizza. Um, and chef's table in particular. Yeah. And so yeah. can I ask you about nutrition and your evolution within nutrition? You know, because you ask people how they trained, you ask people how they ate. What is it that you kind of put together for yourself through this whole experience? Pretty similar story, to be honest with you. It, it, it's a similar evolution. Um, in the beginning, it was very rigid because I did not have any idea about nutrition. I was just like, I just want to be, I just want to be in good shape, right? Good shape. And, and, and at the time, what does good shape mean? Well, it means like, I want to have a six pack. I want to be lean, right? That's what everybody says in the beginning. And I get it. It's a starting point. I look at that now as like, we're in the training wheels phase. We're learning to ride a bike, right? So I need guidelines. Like I need you to tell me, cause I do not know yet how to ride this bike on my own. So like, I need parameters. And that's like what it was. It was I would literally get a calorie count and it would be, here's your six meals for the day, calories, macros. And then I would weigh this stuff out. And so I would be very specific and super rigid where everything was packed and prepped and ready. Right. So I would not deviate from that at all. So effective, right. You're going to get some results from that. Cause you're like very to the book. Um, not a great way to live though. Like hated that right from the long term. It's like, man, I can't have fun. Like I'm not going out and eating what I want on the weekend. Or if I have a craving, I'm like, ah, oh my God, you know, it just felt, felt too tight, man. And then I get into an unhealthy, I would say mindset where the industry I was in because of modeling telling me that I had to stay like lean. And I think this is a very common story, right? You, I know you experienced this with clients so scared of gaining weight or so scared of gaining body fat that. I'm like eating like a bird, man. Like I would just be running and running and running literally cardio, cardio, cardio. And I'm just feeding myself like not an, just not enough, not enough, like very minimal carbs. Cause I was like, carbs are bad. Carbs are going to make me increase my body fat composition. That's not good. So that's out protein. Yeah. I'm eating it, but it's like probably not as much as I needed. So I was just deprived. I just went through this serious period of deprivation and did you, did you know that at the time? No, of course not. No. Cause I had, I had no one. I, I didn't have, I, I didn't know anyone like you. Like I didn't have anybody that knew any better. Right. I am just looking at, at the time, dude, at the time, it was like those documentaries about going vegan and plant-based, which, which did sway me into doing that. So when I was going into Africa, I was like forks over knives was a very popular doc at the time. And learning about the China study, as I'm sure you're familiar, right? I got really into that. And I was like, oh man, well, you know, these doctors are saying this. And so I, this must be right. And I'm just going into that plant-based lifestyle. 
which I just think I did it incorrectly, right? I just think I did it from a deprivation standpoint because a plant-based lifestyle can be amazing. It can be fantastic, but I was still with an unhealthy mindset about it because I was still like eat less. I was doing it to eat less and stay lean, man. I was in it for the wrong reasons, right? Going to- Can I, Can I? because I, I hear you saying this and I, I definitely know kind of how you felt. You mentioned kind of staying lean yep. and I feel like that's the highlight here, right? So plant-based can keep you lean. Was there any other kind of detriment that it was leading you to, you felt like? I did. Well, do you mean detriment like performance wise or something like that? Yeah. I mean, it, it could be any, anything here. You mentioned a plant-based lifestyle can be incredibly uh, fulfilling and amazing, sure. right? 100%, but man. the way that you were eating, right. We're calling it plant-based. Was there anything else that you kind of uh, look back now and you're like, oh yeah, it wasn't just the fact that, you know, I had low energy or anything like that. Was there any other, you know, we're not, we're not bashing plant-based We're bashing doing things incorrectly and maybe Correct. under eating yourself, yes. uh, under eating yourself, just under eating. Um, yeah. You, was there anything else you saw during that time in terms of like, you know, it could be libido. It could be, um, you know, uh, you mentioned performance kind of challenges there. Was there yeah. anything else within that? Well, it was more a mentality, which is like a theme of South Africa for me, man. Cause that was the self-discovery stuff was, I was living in a lot of fear. So it was like a big fear-based thinking. Um, wasn't very confident, right? So I was doing things timidly of, I'm supposed to do this. I have to be this. I was not stepping into myself at all. I cared a ton about what people thought. I was trying to fit into boxes that other people told me I had to be in. And I was, I did not know who I was as an individual at the time. And so I was just doing what I thought I was supposed to do, man. Like I would literally take feedback from agencies and they'd be like, oh, if you looked like this, it would be great. And I'm like, great, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get there. You can give me a month. I'm going to be that. What a crazy mentality. It's just, that's so, that's so challenging. Terrible. Hey, I see you. Don't be you, be something else. That yep. has to really, like people, people can do it and they do do it and they can become successful. But my gosh, that Not really messes. messes with you, huh? Messes with you big time, man. Like I wasn't, I wasn't very happy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just felt like I was running a lot of scarcity at the time. And yeah. it was a reflection of of who I was, man. Like I looked, I kind of looking back at pictures, man, like I kind of looked sick sometimes. Okay. Because I don't think I was feed not even just nutrients, man. Like I don't think I was feeding my soul like the way that I should, right? I wasn't stepping up for myself. I wasn't coming into my own. I was like very timid at that time. Yeah. Got it. And in terms of nutrition and the way that you've kind of changed your eating styles. Are there like two or three main, uh, main things that you would focus on and say, it really helped me when I, when I changed or when I introduced or when I stopped this thought? It was, it was very clearly changing what I viewed success as, if you will, in this space from an aesthetic to a performance result. So it turned into a performance mindset of like, all right, man, we're going to look, we're, I'm, yeah, we want to look good. I get it, but I want to feel better. I want to run faster. I want to lift heavier, right? So I was not eating appropriately to hit any of those goals, right? And I was in an environment at the time where that stuff mattered. So it goes back to peer group because truly who you're around is going to impact that stuff. And I was very strongly rooted in that tone house community where, yo, it matters, man. They want to see, like, you got to sprint faster. We, we care about that here. Like, I want you to perform better. Um, 
And when we get into the room and do strength training, if I'm not seeing weights go up because my energy is low, right? I'm getting, I'm getting upset. Like I'm getting defeated. I'm like, dude, I'm working my ass off in the gym. I am killing it in these workouts Mm -hmm. and I'm getting nowhere, nowhere. You feel like you're on a hamster wheel. So I'm like, the answer is not just more work, more work, more work. Cause you're literally just beating yourself down, 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 down. Yeah. And it would be like, dude, slow down, eat more food. This food. Now it started to become a correlation. How I'm eating the carbohydrates that I'm absorbing, the protein I'm giving my muscles is going to allow me to repair, recover, and then perform better tomorrow. So now I come into the gym. I have high energy. I feel good. I feel strong, man. So you go in and you lift and it's a totally different experience, right? Lifting's not supposed to feel just like hard all the time. But at the time when I was under eating, it felt so hard. Like it felt like I had to dig into the grit because I'm like, my body doesn't have it. So my mind has to pull. But now is doing like, now I'm balancing both. I'm like, all right, now I have the energy. I have fueled appropriately. I'm hydrated. I feel strong. Now you go in and the lifts almost feel, for lack of a better word, easy. And you're more intentional because it's not, you're not supposed to just die and go for soreness and failure every day. Sure. It should feel good. It should feel therapeutic because you're building and it's a process to build. Yeah. I would, I would say almost lifting probably smells, uh, smooth and maybe, uh, appropriately progressive. Yeah. I would probably should. And you know, this is, this is what New York is filled with. You came from this lifestyle, this, uh, this history of, uh, of grit and passion from your dad. Right. So I will do, I will keep working harder. Right. So I'm going to stop very short of saying toxic masculinity. I think that is a conversation itself and, you know, whatever that means. Um, but I think the idea here of, you know, we can think about this differently. Like people that we work with in the city, they will be someone who will run through a wall if someone tells them to, right? Someone says jump and they'll ask how high and they'll ask for more, right? When they can't do it. And so I think when people do learn how to eat and they're like, oh, wait, that's what energy feels like. It's surprising. Um, but it's great. I just love what you said about it. it doesn't need to feel hard. Lifting no. does not need to feel hard um, as long as you have the right people around you. So I think that that is such, I just, I, I wish we could upload that into people's heads at all times. Oh, me too. Um, I wish they could feel the difference because if you felt the difference between the two spaces, you would never go back. Yeah. And would you agree here? If you focus mainly on performance first, the results you're chasing aesthetically will likely come. There's, there's no question. Uh, literally, how could it not? It, there, there, you, you, you have no choice. Like your body has no choice. Now you're getting into performance and you're focused on that, dude, if you're telling me that you're lifting more than you ever have, and you're sprinting, you know, for, faster than you ever have, you're feeling that powerful. The aesthetic has no choice, but to happen, right? Cause your muscles have to get bigger. You have to look a certain way because you have this athletic physique that just is a natural byproduct of your training. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I hear that. Hey, Joe, I, um, one, I want to be respectful of your time. I know that we're going to come up to you an hour here in just a second, but I know that we've spent a lot of time in this, uh, in this gym and lifting, you know, mentality at the moment, but I did want to make sure, cause this is a big part of you and this is all about showing kind of behind 
the curtain a little bit. You do describe yourself as an introvert, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm yeah. curious, how does that all play out kind of being so public facing, being streamed into people's homes right now, yeah. right? Um, how do you how do you describe yourself as an introvert? How does that work? How do you nurture that side of you? It's been a learning curve too, man, because I didn't know that I was really an introvert until like recent years. Um, I just thought I was weird. I just thought I was different because like I shut down after too much stimulus of like just being out, whether it be like work performance, coaching sales at the time, right? Even, even in my sales job. And I would have no desire to go out and socialize with friends. I'm like, I want to, or I feel guilty. I want to be there. I want to hang out, but I couldn't do it. And then even in these social settings, I would notice that with too much stimulus, if I go into them, my brain wouldn't like really function the way I wanted it to. Like I couldn't really talk the way that I want to. Like I noticed that my energy level in social situations would change based on the day that I just had. So if I had almost no stimulus, I'd go into a social setting. I'd be like the life of the party. Like I'm, you know, chatty Kathy, right? Like talking to everybody going around, getting my dose of, you know, the social stimulus that I need. But then you flip it. If I'm like coaching, doing intense work, I'm very on during the day. Well, then it, at night, if you told me to go to a party, I'd be like, oh my God, dude, I got to reach down and get the, I don't know. <laughs> you know like I got nothing left, man. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a learning process to just understand yourself and, and, and kind of just, I feel like introverts, like just feel a lot of guilt, man, you know, cause we, we do live a bit in an extrovert world where, you know, there's a lot of social parties and happy hours and networking events and stuff like that. And I find value in them. It's just that for me to be at my best, to do my job well, I need to recharge my batteries appropriately. And the, I know, I know how to do that. Like I have to be in solitude or with, you know, with, with my girlfriend or my brother, like very close relationships where I feel like I don't have to put on a show. Like I can be very comfortable just with my thoughts. I can kind of get lost in my thoughts. I can journal, I can read, I can, you know, I can fill my cup. Like I'm about to get a dog and that's a big deal to me because it gets excited me for you. This is great. I'm, I'm very so excited, excited for you. you know, that could be a whole nother show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> be a whole nother show, but it gets me out of my head to where I can be like more focused on, you know, on her, right. On, on this new puppy that I'm about to have and like, and focus on that. And, and that to me makes me better. Right. So I have to look at my days that way of where am I expending energy? And often a lot of my focus is obviously on my professional career. I want to give the best of myself to the people that are working out with me. Like I want to be absolutely high energy as much as I can. So I try to take care of that and then recharge in the other spaces. Yeah, I would, I, I would hope anybody, maybe what they could hear is that if you're only recharging physically and you're not recharging mentally, you're not really recharging fully. Yeah. Um, and that is an introvert. That's an extrovert. It's just, you know, I've seen this with people, you know, I have friends that do get energized being around people, but there's still going to be those times where they do still need to have some of that time just to kind of recuperate mentally to kind of get into the next kind of phase of whatever they're going to be moving into. Yeah. So, um, I feel you on that. And, you know, Joe, I know that you're a really big, uh, I don't, I don't know if you'd call yourself a big reader or a bookworm, but I would, I would, I would call you well-read almost to the point of knowing what you focus on. I feel like you are a 
uh, a modern day stoic among men. Um, <laughs> oh, with, <it's> I praise <laughs> with what you, I think, focus on. And I think what you also project from these things that you read. And also, I think the things that you've this your lived experiences, too. Um, but a lot of what I know that you do focus on is the human condition. You can maybe not agree with me. That's just kind of what I've pulled from it. Um, I know that you like to share some of the books that you're reading on social media and whatnot. Um, but with that said, knowing that we're all humans, focusing on, fo focusing on the human condition, um, what is it that you feel like we all really do have in common? Because you really training people, talking with people, you end up getting deep with them, right? Yeah. I feel like there's like an overlapping kind of like a pattern that you've seen with people that we could all understand about each other. Yeah. It, we, we are all, uh, well, there's a book called the hero's journey, right? It, it, it's we're, we're all going through the same battle, man, just in our own way. I think it's coming into just stepping into yourself, every single one of us. That's what I'm doing. I think it's just, it's not about accomplishment, right? It's not about career path. It's not about that. It's about stepping into your own, your own self. It's, I think the whole life process, as far as I can tell, is about getting so comfortable with the relationship with you, like getting to a point where you're like, I really love who I am. I am so glad of, uh, with who I am. I'm proud of myself. I, 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 uh, I, I like how I contribute to the world, right? I have a profession that allows me to help and serve other people. And you're always aspiring to that. And we're all like, we all have these battles and like these upbringings where we're all trying to unravel how we've grown up. Like, I know I have, you know, where our parents do the best that they can, but I've never met a single person that goes, I haven't had a weird childhood. Like everybody has had these weird things and you're like, dude, I'm trying to work through it. My mom does this. My dad does this. And I'm trying not to be like that. And my family's like this. And I'm trying to be different. We all, I think we all have that story. So it's unpacking that. And I just want to be, I just want to be a good person, man. Like I'm just trying to grow literally every single day. But like, when I say that to you, there's a difference between people talking that. And it's so common to talk it, man. That's why like, honestly, talking to me, I know it's ironic we're doing a podcast, but like talking, words mean almost nothing to me because you hear people say like, oh, I'm on the path. I'm going to be doing this self-improvement, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, do you do the work? Are you like, are you studying? Are you reflecting? Are you going to therapy? Are you journaling? Are you sitting by yourself at night and thinking about who you want to become? Have you written that down? Like I, I have spent, periods of my life where I have written down obsessive detail, the kind of man that I want to grow into. And then that's your North star. And every single person is kind of on that path. Right. And I, to me, the ultimate destination is getting to a point where I don't need outside approval. And I think a lot of people can relate to that for a long time. I was looking for a lot of outside validation for somebody to tell me that I was worthy, that I was good, that I was okay, that I was loved. It all comes down to, we just want to be loved. Right. And when you get to a spot where you're like, that doesn't work. Like the applause, talk about stoicism. Now you got me on one right now, Ryan. <laughs> Marcus Aurelius talks about that. He's like, think about the, the people in the crowd that you're looking for this applause from and the type of people that are in there. 
if they were in your living room, would you really want their praise? And the point in that is like, there's a lot of freaking crazy people out there that might have lower, probably lower standards than you or where, where I want to be. So why am I looking at that person to praise me and validate me? I don't need that. Like you need to find your own source of it. And then it's about a giving back. And so I, you know, I'll, I'll kind of tie it up with just saying like, I know that training and fitness is obviously a huge part of my life. It's what I do professionally. And so everybody's asking me for advice from that side, which I'm always going to continue to do. I love coaching and teaching in this way, but I want people to understand too, that this is like, it's a big part of my life because of what I do, but it's a small part of who I am, you know? The, the 10% of your time, less than that is in the gym training. So much more is out. How am I, how am I to my girlfriend? How am I to my significant other? How do I speak to my mother? Am I making my family better? Am I providing a better life for people? Am I speaking to people with more power? Am I inspiring the people around me? When I go to work, am I one that comes in and complains and brings the energy down no matter the circumstance? Or do I come in and say, we have a problem. Let's find a solution. And that's a mental toughness that you have to have. Cause there's a lot of reflection on that too. It's the, yeah, I know we're going through a tough time. This is a tough time of work. We're putting our head down, but can you come back? Can you reflect, reframe, and then go into work the next day with a new headspace? I don't think a lot of people do that kind of work. And I, I think the world would be a lot better for it if they did. And that's where, that's where I read. That's why, that's why I read this stuff. It's, it's about studying so that I can, so that I can look at my deficiencies currently and say, let's, all right, let's analyze it, man. Let's see how we can grow from that a little bit. New angle to learn, right? And it's it's a forever, I mean, it's it's a forever process. Forever. Yeah, I hear that. Joe, I I hope that people don't just see you for what you do, but definitely how you do it. That is my wish for how the world treats you. So Thank you, man. we'll see. Um, but I think with that, I think, you know. Let's kind of put, uh, you know, the cap on it there. Um, but, you know, do you feel like you've been able to have a chance to really represent yourself how, how you want to be re represented right now? Is there anything else you kind of wish I had asked you or that you had a chance to share? I wish you would talk to me more about my dog, but this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing, one thing, of course, when someone hears puppy or new dog, they're going to ask, what kind of dog is it? What kind of dog is it, Joe? German Shepherd, Ryan. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I, I think I saw Mama and Mama is just a beautiful dog. So I'm sure that, you know, that dog is going to be awesome for you guys. I wish you all the happiness with it um, and just get ready for the shedding. But other than that, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> um, Joe, thank you so much for being here. I, I so appreciate your time. So thank you. Um, pleasure, man. Yeah, I'll have to have you on again, man. Okay. Love talking with you, man. This is fun. <laughs> All right, dude.